Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure with me, Kim, and me, Amy. We are the podcast bringing you another recommendation for your next romantic read, spoiler free. And this week we are bringing you what, Amy? We are bringing you It Had to Be You by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Wonderful. This was a recommendation to us, actually, by a listener. So I'm going to start off with then. Kimberly, can you give us a spoiler-free synopsis of It Had to Be You? Right. So it is set in America. And it's set in the 90s, which is... Yes. Which was a... It's contemporary. So in terms of it was written in the 90s. Yeah. So it's about a socialite essentially a socialite who is the daughter of a wealthy football team owner so he owns an american football team and is wealthy in his own right having done something else he's dead at the start of the book so chapter her father one. chapter Not a spoiler. one chapter one it's her father's funeral yes and our protagonist heroine has come back home for the funeral Phoebe? but Phoebe, great. Phoebe has come back home for the funeral. She is estranged from her dad, so has been away from home for ages, has not met kind of anyone in the football team and anyone who's in her father's life, and her dad essentially disowned her because she had the gumption to walk out and abandon him and whatever, and he always wanted to control her and she wouldn't let him. So that's kind of the setup. Then in the reading of her father's will, we discover that the football team was left not to her cousin, who is a part of the football team company and assumed, everyone assumed it would be left to him, but has been left to Phoebe. So then there's like a caveat in the will that says if Phoebe can, if under her leadership for six months, the team can get to the championship playoffs, which essentially, it gets explained, means they get into the Super Bowl. I am very Australian at this moment and know almost nothing about American football. <laughs> anyway, if they if they win this big thing and get onto the next level into the Super Bowl, then she gets to keep ownership of the team. If that doesn't happen, then at the end of that year or when they're kicked out of the competition for that year, the ownership of the team transfers to her cousin who was going to have it all along and she is given $10,000. The other thing that comes along with that is kind of a note from her dad that's like, that is literally, this is almost not paraphrasing, I tried to control you during your life and you're such a screw up and you're my biggest embarrassment, so... I never managed to control you while I was alive, so I'm going to control you now. So it's a power play from her dad. And that's kind of it. The hero, the love interest hero, is the current coach of her dad's football team, and he is an ex-football player himself. That's the main conceit, I guess, of the book. I suppose the other important thing to kind of mention is that her dad always kind of treated her like she was a dumb bimbo and treats all women like they're just breasts on legs and that's all they're good for sort of thing. And so she leans into that and really likes to play up. She's incredibly attractive. Her mum was a stripper from Reno. And so she's got this like bombastic bombshell body that they really like to I talk like about that alliteration a lot. you just thanks did man that. i didn't come up with it myself 
the lady who wrote it did. <laughs> uh, just quoting the book. Bombastic bombshell body. Yep. Mm. And so, yeah. yeah, so she really leans into that and likes to play up her ditzy blondness. And that's kind of another central point of the plot is that she's constantly underestimated because she's so sexy. And so men assume she, she must be stupid. It's going to be hard to talk about re- review and recommendations without spoilering. This is going to be a challenge for us. Yeah. Okay. This, the spoiler-free nature of this is going to be tough. So, Amy, would you recommend It Had to Be You? No, I would not recommend It Had to Be You. To be perfectly frank, I found it creepy and... I will ask on behalf of the listeners, exactly how much of the book did you get through? Maybe a couple chapters. I got it's not a so, lot of the book. Yeah, I know. I got funeral, inherited. So you got up deal. to the inheritance. Yep. Got up to the inheritance. The She has this actually quite traumatic backstory. So you got her traumatic backstory. Yeah. yeah okay. And then I started to sort of, I'll be frank, skim. Yeah, that and- is. I think that is completely legit, particularly in this context where – you are reading it so that we can talk about it. Yeah, I think it's totally okay to I've admit said, that you skimmed. I don't recommend it. I started to skim pretty much from backstory. Yeah, right. And then I decided I would not anxiously renew my library loan at the moment where he gets pulled over in the fancy oh car. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. It's Yeah, I remember that. So too. a couple things fed into my finding it, like, not – enjoying it and not wanting to recommend this book. One, this author, it turns out, is a sports romance writer and is credited with creating the sports romance genre. First thing, I don't really like sports. Yeah, I no. really don't like American football, gridiron. I don't like the culture around it. No. So I actually didn't have a I, – I wasn't curious to find out whether she turns the team around and I didn't really like him. Yeah. I I liked the first page. I liked how she turns up at her dad's funeral looking like Marilyn Monroe with her Hungarian lover and her, you know, her her poodle poodle. in tow. I enjoyed the funeral scene and I enjoyed the cover up. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Kimberly. Rent the book and then just read the first page and then put it down. That is Amy's recommendation. That's pretty much my recommendation. I would not recommend this book. And it's the first, it's like a prequel to a whole series called The Chicago Stars. And because this is like the first book in it, I would not engage in reading any of the others. They're all Mm. about this gridiron team. Yeah. So, Kimberly, would you recommend It Had To Be You? I've read the whole thing. And I don't have... I'm very impressed. Thank you. And I don't have the skills of speed reading or... Well, that's not true. I think I probably read quite quickly in terms of the average person, but... I am not a skimmer. I can either read it or I can not read it. I, I read it, and so all of it's in my brain now. Um, Do you wish you could go backwards in time? And unread it? Yeah, so it's not in your brain now. Yes. Mm. Why? I think, obviously, I do not recommend it. I feel like it's everything that's wrong with romance novels as a genre. Mm. And 
I struggled very profoundly with the way it represented women and the excuses that I felt like it made for that toxic kind of masculine culture. It's hard not to spoil it, but you do find out that she is the victim of rape. You find that out pretty early on. And her dad was like, shut up about it. And that kind of then, obviously, she carries the scars and the damage of that for the rest of the book. So it made me feel ick. Yeah, and it made me feel icky. Yep. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yep. And if this was a video, if this was a vlog, you could see our facial expressions Even trying right to now. put it into words is tough. I don't think that I can speak with the authority or with the even with the sort of clarity or articulation around that. So instead, I can only give you examples of the kinds of things in this book that made me feel uncomfortable. Okay. And one is that she was the victim of a rape that her father then said, oh, you must, you're making it up. As a young person, had big boobs but was on the chubby side. And so her dad used to make all sorts of fun of her for that and sort of, you know, really put her down and said, who would want you because you're not even that attractive, so why would someone rape you, like blah, blah, blah. Basically, and excuse our French, her dad was a dick and he Absolutely. did not believe her. Nothing that she said could be right. Um, he believed the dudes around him instead. The problem that I had with it, though, is that now as an adult woman, she still carries the scars and the damage of that assault and the way that it was framed was still very much like it was her problem or her weakness that she couldn't overcome and that what she really needed was to find a man who could make a woman out of her. The use of that phrasing is creepy But again, I'm quoting the book. So one of the lines was, you know, like she hadn't really engaged in a lot of sex as an adult woman because obviously she'd had this traumatic introduction to sex. But because she had this like playboy figure would put on this kind of pretend act as though she did have a lot of sex for the benefit of men, right, to kind of make them feel comfortable and to to live up to the expectation of what they expected of her. She used to pretend that she did have all this sex. And one of the lines was something like, in a monologue to herself, what is the point of having these these tits and this ass if I can't let a man touch them? So that yeah, idea of you texted it to me like you I sure did. I was while I was while I was reading the book I'm like texting bits to Amy being like, "Ah, I just said this." What good were curvy hips and full breasts if she couldn't let a man caress them? Yeah. So that was a line that she actually said. And I also get that there's a lot of self-blame that is a part of rape culture. Like I get that that's a that is a major issue that's something that is both um kind of programmed into women and reinforced by media and so I'm not even I'm making zero comments on whether or not the representation of her in this book is authentic or not, but it never empowered her. No. That's the problem that I had is at no point did I feel like she grew or came to terms with and it was such a big, I think such a really big issue to put in the centre of this book to then not deal with effectively and unfortunately that kind of like objectification of women that is central particularly in that hyper-masculine environment, that juxtaposed against the extreme objectification of her in the form of the rape plotline meant that those two things never kind of 
they were just the wrong two things to put together. The, th- the, the fundamental problem was that it doesn't work being a romance. Like that, that backstory and what she's actually trying yeah, the, to overcome. Yeah, the solution to her problem could not be, I found a man to love me. That could, was the wrong solution. It needed for me to be satisfied with it and, and find it, you know, what does the book say, heartwarming and funny and sensual and empowering. Mm. That's the quote on the front of the book. For me to have found it, found it any of those things, it needed to be like a revenge farce. Yeah. Or it needed to be a book about vengeance. Or and a, a book, book about- where she just goes, screw you all, I'm moving to Paris. Which she did, but didn't. But that didn't pretend. solve her problem. It was like she created she, this fake character. Yeah, she did. So where she just, she comes to terms with who she is and actually learns to love herself. That's right. And which she yes, doesn't. She doesn't. She just learns to let someone else love her. And that's that, what that's the journey she goes on instead, and it felt, and I was dissatisfied. Even her happy ending at the end, where obviously she gets with the coach and whatever, and his journey was to realize that he underestimated her. Like I guess to an extent, his journey was to learn to respect her, but I didn't like that he had to learn to respect her. That for me, that was not a that was a not a good enough starting point for my hero was that he mm. didn't respect who she was as a person. Um, they start as antagonists. Yeah, they started super as antagonists and he thought she was just, you know, a bimbo whatever and she was, blah, whatever she was pretending yeah. to be. Like the fact that she doesn't actually, like her sense of self and her sense of Yeah, she defines herself. is defined yeah. by this other person. Just it Always. It was always defined all the way through. No, and she father, defined. Yep, exactly. By this dude it was a name dan or something i just and the, and when he was introduced at no point was i like oh he's dreamy or oh these scenes are oh, no. you know really steamy i was like why you can like just just leave just leave just <laughs> take the away. ten thousand yeah piss off and you know move to antarctica or go to start south america again, or, or, yeah, start, yeah take your poodle be reborn you don't need any of these dickheads and no. part of the thing that i remember us talking about when you started reading this and this book took us a long time yeah collectively to sort of work to the point of doing this episode yeah that's right i read i read this november yeah it's now months february ago. yeah was that is it because we are reading it in 2020 2021 yeah and it I think was it written is. in 1992ish in the very early 90s yeah. so is it actually like had we been reading this 30 years ago would we have gone oh it's empowering and heartwarming and endearing and funny and sensual yeah and is this reflective of the sort of journey that's happened in society well empowering over the past 30 30- one year. Yeah, and empowering women looks different today than it did in the early 90s. What you would look at and go, "Yes, I am I feel like I am empowered" versus no, that is that is play, paying lip service to empowerment and is in no way means. autonomous. Like, no, just just being tolerated to be around is not the same as to be empowered or included. Yeah, I think it is very different. And to that similar end, and it's interesting you bring that up as a point, because I did a rewatch recently of Ally McBeal, and I don't know mm. if you ever watched that show. And so I remember watching it with my mum and dad. We used to We were addicted to Ally McBeal, and I did – a rewatch of it recently because I found it on a streaming service. I got four episodes in and said to my husband, I was like, I can't do this. This is driving me nuts. Like the, again, 
Very few, like I, I really do think that, and maybe, maybe it just got all rankled because I'd read this book recently and all that kind of stuff. But it was that little kind of feminist in me was like, no, that's not okay. Like it just was bringing up issues, trying to talk about issues of workplace harassment and things like that, but not in a way that was, and I remember it being quite progressive for its time, putting that into into today's world and with today's kind of sensibilities, I was like, no, that's not, that's not the same. Like that's actually still discrimination. So this is the other issue I had with this book was I just did not like him, the hero at all. This this is near the car. This is the point where I was Where you were like, I think I'm done. He is pulled over for speeding at one point and the cop is like, oh, you're because you're like out here at the town hero because you're a football player. I'm gonna let you off, rah, 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 which annoyed me to begin with. I was with. like, oh, for God's yes. sake. But <laughs> then he goes and meets up with his ex wife, who he's divorced from because they had differences or whatever. And but you don't know that's what he's doing. And he walks into a little convenience store and picks up. A cheerleader, a high school 16-year-old cheerleader and follows her back to her parents' house and she's got, like, pigtails and is chewing gum and is like, hey there, mister, rah, 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 and then proceeds. Hit me, baby, one more time. And then proceeds to have sex with her and spank her and she's like, I like it rough and he's, like, playing along and all this kind of stuff. And then it's revealed that it's his ex-wife and that she likes to role play and that's what they're doing. But you're kind of led down this garden path of him having sex with a minor for the good part of two-thirds of a chapter. And maybe that's supposed to be part of what's funny. But because... I didn't, I didn't find any, except for the the first two pages, like the funeral yeah. scene, I didn't find anything to laugh at and in I this think, book. I, but I think that's because exploitation of women, rape, having sex with minors... None of that is okay. None of that is funny. It's not funny. No, but making a joke of it is dangerous culture. It's in the same as when you go, I would like to report sexual harassment in the workplace. Oh, we were just joking. So what we used to grab our ass as we walked in, it was just a joke. No, it's not a joke and that's the point. And I think in today's day and age, it's not a joke. It's... It's exploitation and it's harassment and it's rape and it's pedophilia and it's not okay and we don't joke about it. So, therefore, we would say about it had to be you by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, I think. Something has dated very badly. And we would actively encourage you not to read it and to encourage others not to read it. Yeah. Do not read this book. It's dreadful. Beyond don't recommend it. And I think I just worry that the library, because I renewed it so many times, the library is going to think now its algorithm mm. is going to suggest that I want to read sports romance from the early nineties. Don't, uh, don't, Brisbane City Council Library. For me, for this book, and I know in this podcast we always say, "Is it trash or is it treasure?" We and we say category. that endearingly. We've yeah, always said we it love endearingly. Trash. I love trash. This is toxic. I felt mm. in upon reading this, I felt like. It needs to not exist because it's not okay for people to read it and think it's okay. It's a there. I think the representation of women that is condoned and reinforced in this book is toxic. 
and the things that are sold as fun and funny and a joke and lighthearted are dangerous. And mm. the only thing that saves it not to have a go at the author is that it was written so long ago. And perhaps it would be interesting to read something of hers because she's still writing. It'd be interesting to read something of hers that is more Conte- contemporary. Like contemporary. Yeah. And to see yeah. if maybe her sensibilities have changed over time over too. Over time sensibilities. Mm. If you've read some of the later or more earlier, no, not earlier, Later, Current? yeah, Current so the, versions of like the work? 2020 stuff. Like she had a book that came out last year, last year for Please sure. Please email us or tweet us and let us know. Let us know if it gets better. <laughs> if you, hey, if someone tweets us and says it gets better, I will go back and I will have a crack at it. You know we have a contemporary romance deficit. We do. And we're trying please, to find please, whether contemporary please. romance works for us. Recommend me a contemporary romance that I can read that is good. But it's okay, listeners. We have found something that does. And that's... We? We have. And that's just a stay tuned for future episodes of... Trash or or treasure. Treasure. Happy reading. See you next time. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.